With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Tis that time of the season where we gather and give thanks. Some eat roasted ham hock, while some eat ballpark franks. But one thing we agree on, and this I can't deny, every last November Thursday, a turkey has to die. Bosco's boys were nearing Thanksgiving. It's getting closer and closer. It's getting very close. And that wonderful theme song has me in the mood to bet on turkeys, which is better. To bet on which is better, I don't know how, but uh, pecan pie or pumpkin pie. It has to be pecan. It's obviously pecan. If you bet on, I don't know how you would bet on that. I mean, I just... You know, I'm just if pulling you could, it out. If you could bet on it, I bet you you could do it at my bookie. You probably could. Um, my bookie guys, you need to go head over to mybookie.ag. Guys are the best in the business. We've been saying it all season. Um, they've got the best reviews. Their mobile site is very, very easy. When you win, they pay. They're reliable. You can do in-game betting. They have the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for the fantasy people, you can bet the over/under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Literally, you can bet on, like, anything, though. Yeah, it's, it, no, it's, it's crazy. I know we've been reciting the same, or I've recited this over and over, yeah, but, but you can literally bet on pretty much anything. Um, you can even bet on who's going to win in the latest uh, fight between Drago and uh, Creed. I'm not kidding. Yeah, you there can. There are odds for who's going to win the fight in Creed the movie. It's pretty it's legit. Um but what you need to do is, if you're going to go over there, you need to use our promo code. They'll match you dollar for dollar up to 1000 bucks. The new promo code is Capital Armchair, A-R-M-C-H-A-I-R. Visit my bookie today. Boom. That's what you got to do. Uh, Beer of the Pot, it is back. I have Plaid Habits from Boulevard Brewing. It's an imperial brown ale aged in bourbon barrels it is canadian the, whiskey barrels oh i think canadian whiskey it, barrel. no that that's that that right. yeah, yeah. It, no, no, it no, is it, not, i know it's canadian totally whiskey, different but big difference it tastes very bourbon-y for, to me though shame on me for saying that no it's delicious i love this beer perfect it's cold i i mean it's gonna be cold forever so i'm fine <laughs> with it hashtag thick boy season i'm loving it so that's the beer of the pod uh bill snyder went back to being super boring uh, in the press conference, everyone was freaking out there for a little bit because no players were going to be available for media availability. So, of course, like for about like five minutes, everyone thought, uh-oh, this could be it. This could be it. He could be stepping down. Sure enough, uh, he didn't, um, sadly. That would have been cool. But I nothing enjoyed that a but lot. But nothing of note uh, from the press conference. Uh, we got two great primers for you. 
uh, Jacob Harris. You guys will remember him from the non or from the preseason preview series. He's back from Viva the Matadors to give you a little Texas Tech preview. And friend of the pod, Cole Manback. Uh, Powercat game day. I hear it's a pretty good primer. My personal favorite follow on Twitter is K State related Twitter is probably Cole Manback. I mean, he's he always just has the greatest crushing stats to make you sink even deeper into the depression that you're in. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll hand it over to the primers. We'll be right back. Alrighty, everybody, this is Jacob Harris from Viva the Matadors, and I'm here to give you your K-State primer for the matchup between Texas Tech and Kansas State. The Red Raiders come into the, this matchup with a 5-5 five and five record, including wins against Houston and Oklahoma State and losses against Oklahoma and Texas. The Red Raiders have been played with injuries the past few weeks, as true freshman quarterback Alan Bowman re-injured his collapsed lung from earlier in the season in the Oklahoma game and is questionable to go this week. He did not play this week, and Jet Duffy stepped in his place last week and played against Texas. Dakota Allen on the defensive side of the ball has been dealing with a bevy of injuries, including a sprained ACL and a broken hand. I don't expect to see too much from Allen this week, but I do expect him to suit up and try to give it a go. The last week against Texas, the Red Raiders were in it till the very end, as little Jordan Humphreys made the game-winning catch with just 20 seconds left. Three turnovers, including two fumbles, from backup quarterback Jet Duffy killed three Red Raider drives that would have hopefully won the game for the Red Raiders. The Red Raiders also had a ton of penalties on the defensive side of the ball, including a face mask away from the ball in the third and 33 that resulted in a first down and a touchdown later in the drive for the Longhorns. The biggest strength on this team is the receiving core that has the ability to spread the field. Guys like Antoine Wesley and TJ Vasher have had the ability to break off long runs on short slants and hit hitch routes. They have also been able to go up and get the ball when needed as they are both over 6 foot 5. The inside group is speedy with freshman Keyshawn Carter and seniors Zach Austin and JD on high as high has had a very good season on the inside catching 55 passes for 700 yards and 3 touchdowns. The biggest weakness on this team has been the penalties, especially on the defensive side of the ball. This team is very talented, but the penalties have been killer for the Red Raiders. There has always been a problem with the Cliff Kingsbury era, as this program has had a hard time being disciplined. Two guys to watch for in this matchup, offensively for the Red Raiders, Antoine Wesley. This guy has been a really good player for the Red Raiders, semifinalist for the Bolitnikoff Award. Wesley has 78 catches on the season for 1,347 yards and 9 touchdowns. Whichever quarterback trots out with the offense on Saturday, Wesley will be a huge piece of the offense, whether it be on deep balls or breaking tackles on short slants and hitches. Defensively, if Dakota Allen can't go, look for Rico Jeffers to step in his place. Even if, even if Allen can play on Saturday, Jeffers will be a huge part of the defense, getting plenty of snaps at inside linebacker. Jeffers has really emerged as someone who makes this team better, and David Gibbs has found ways to get him on the field for the latter half of the season. Jeffers has 52 tackles on the year, 26, 27 of which have come in the last three games alone. As a sophomore, 
He'll be in the command of the defense for the next two years. will be crucial to the success of the Red Raiders in Manhattan. Two keys for the Red Raiders to beat the Wildcats are to establish their run early and to play penalty-free football. Especially if Jet Duffy winds up playing quarterback, the Red Raiders need to establish their run early in the game as he is a dual-threat guy. It'll be crucial to get this banged-up offensive line confidence early on in the game, and establishing a good running game early on is the best way to do that. As mentioned earlier, the Red Raiders have been committing penalties left and right this season. If they can limit the turn, limit the penalties on the defensive side of the ball, the Red Raiders will get a distinct advantage in this game. Again, this is Jacob Harris of Viva the Matadors, and this has been your primer for the Red Raiders and the Wildcats. Will this be Bill Snyder's final game as the head coach in the stadium that bears his name? That's the question on the minds of many Kansas State fans as Saturday's game against Texas Tech approaches. Hi, I'm Cole Manbeck from PowerCat Game Day, and I'm here to give you your K-State primer for Saturday's matchup against the Red Raiders. K-State enters this weekend's contest following a forgettable 21-17 victory over in-state rival Kansas, improving its record to 4-6 and overall and 2-5 and in Big 12 play while giving the Wildcats their 10th straight victory in the Sunflower Showdown. The four-point loss for the Jayhawks was the closest they played an opponent in Big 12 play over their last 31 conference road games and was only the third time in their last 49 road games overall that KU has played a game that close providing farther evidence that the gap between the two programs is closing. K-State's offensive struggles once again were on display Saturday as the Wildcats failed to produce a touchdown in the first half for the fifth time this season when playing a Power 5 opponent. The opening half concluded a stretch where K-State only produced 27 points of offense over its previous 10 quarters of football. K-State only led for approximately 10 minutes of the game but made plays when it mattered most. With a little more than five minutes left in the fourth quarter and K-State trailing 17-14, K-State quarterback Alex Delton engineered a six-play, 60-yard touchdown drive capped off by a 21-yard touchdown run with 2.46 remaining. KU looked like it might respond, but a Peyton Bender pass slipped from his hand and resulted in a fumble recovery by K-State with 20 seconds remaining to end the game and keep the Governor's Cup in Manhattan. K-State's top strength through 10 games? Simply put, it's Alex Barnes, who became the first K-State running back to surpass the 1,000-yard mark in a single season since John Hubert did so in 2013. The talented junior back has now rushed for more than 100 yards in four of K-State's last five games. K-State's biggest weakness has been its passing game, which ranks 99th in the country in passing efficiency and 92nd nationally with just 6.7 yards per pass attempt. K-State has only thrown for more than 200 yards in one of its seven Big 12 games. The Wildcats lack explosiveness at receiver, and this this past Saturday, Bill Snyder elected to sit as leading receiver Isaiah Zuber for the first quarter of action. On multiple occasions Saturday against KU, K-State had three current or former walk-ons on the field at receiver. Moving on to Saturday's matchup against the Red Raiders, two things will be key. K-State must establish the run against an improved Tech defense, which has held opponents to less than four yards per rush in five of its seven Big 12 games. It will be crucial for K-State's offense to slow down the game and keep the Red Raiders' offense on the sideline. Second, turnovers will be critical. Tech has turned the ball over three times in three of its last four games, including three back-breaking turnovers inside the red zone last Saturday against Texas. The Red Raiders have once again hit a late-season tailspin under coach Cliff Kingsbury, losing three straight games. However, all four of Tech's Big 12 losses have been decided by nine points or less. 
Could Tech's players once again be fighting to save their coach's job on Saturday? And will K-State be fighting to get a win for its head coach in what could potentially be the last game he coaches in Bill Snyder Family Stadium? Time will tell. Reporting for Bosco Boys, I'm Cole Mambeck with Powercat Game Day. And we're back from the primers. Thanks to Jacob Harris and Cole Manbeck for those phenomenal primers. I mean, I couldn't have done it any better. I probably could have done it better, but, you know, it's whatever. We outsource these. It's true. Um, all right, let's hop into our keys to V, folks. I will start us off as usual, and I'm going to be pretty boring, pretty bland. Control the clock. This is going to be one of those Snyder 2.0 games where, you know, we're going to be outgunned big time offensively. So we need to do what Snyder 2.0 has done successfully and play keep away from Tech as long as we can. Um, you know, make them wait to score. Make them chill on the sideline and get cold. Make them forget what it's like playing offense. Grind it out. We're going to have to grind them out of Manhattan with a loss. That's a good one, and it will play perfectly into my first one. That's playing this game in the 20s. Um, there's no way this offense, K-State's offense, can compete with the high-powered offense Texas Tech has. We just can't. We don't have the firepower. We can't score fast enough. Um, it's just not going to happen. Even with Texas Tech's bad defense, it is greatly improved from last year. We're not going to be able to keep up with them if we let them play this game in the 30s. And, hell, if you, if it's in the 40s, it's it's over. I mean – I'm leaving at halftime if it looks like it's going to be playing in the 40s. So uh, you're going to have to hold Texas Tech to one of their lowest scoring performances uh, of the season if you want a shot at winning this game. Number three, give the game to Alex Barnes. This is probably his last game in Manhattan, possibly, who knows. Hey, for what it's worth, he did not submit his name to be a part of the senior day ceremonies as a grad transfer he easily could have done that and already packed it in. So I'm trying to be a little bit of little bit optimistic that maybe we'll get another year of the Dragon. We will see how it plays out. But, hey, he's our most reliable and potent weapon. And, frankly, he's the only one of the only real threats that we have left. So Texas Tech's run defense, not stellar. It's 62 in the country. They give up like 4.3 yards per carry. He should be able to have some success running. They're not as bad as they have been in the past. But I think – Alex Barnes should have some success on Saturday. The fourth and final key to V is going to be allow Texas Tech to bury themselves. Uh, Texas Tech is far and away one of the least disciplined, most penalized teams in the conference. They'll turn the ball over. They'll get, you know, 200 yards worth of penalties uh, in one game. They are going to give you a chance to beat them, but you have to put them in those positions. When you're running passing plays, be aggressive with your routes. Make them hold you. Make them pass interfere with you. When they're dropping back to pass for the 70th time, rush hard up the middle and on the edges. They're going to be holding all game long. Do a couple hard counts. They're going to jump. There is a lot of free yardage that Texas Tech is going to give you, so you have to just force the – you have to force it and make make them give you those free yards. So uh, you have to just honestly be the smarter team. Oh, that doesn't give, fill me with much hope with how this season has gone so far. But, hey. Hey, it's time to – hey, you know what? You went out, you're going to a bowl. I, I – th- there's still – I don't know. I was try. I was about to try. I didn't mean to take I, you. I was going to try to be positive. Out of the spin zone. I was going to try to be positive. Uh, I mean, I'm sure those guys want to go to a bowl game, 
Um, I'm sure they want, you know, the free swag and all that type of stuff. They This senior class doesn't want to be the first senior class. The free uh, swag that we withhold from them. Oh yeah, we're not we're not going to get into no, it no, on no. this podcast. Um, so but I do agree with your fourth and final uh, key yeah, to V. So it's great, but it's everything out there to have. I let's. Where would you if you could bet on how many penalties that uh, Texas Tech's going to have Saturday? Where uh, would you do? Oh, I'm. I, I would bet it at my bookie. That's a good choice. Mybookie.ag. Yes. Dot okay. ag. Nice. Um, and I would use promo car code armchair. Nice. All caps armchair. Uh, they're going to match your deposit up to a thousand bucks. Go do it. And that means it is time for game picks. All you loyal boneheads know uh, we do this every week. Um, and if you listen last week, you know Grant and I picked every game the exact same. That was fruitful. Nine and two uh, on the week. It was great. Steve Keck, he lost the game for the boneheads. He went eight and three. So for the year, Grant is sitting in first place, two games up on me at 74 and 34. I'm sitting at 72 and 36, and the Boneheads, 68 and 40. So here we go. It's another week. Repping the Boneheads this week, the moderator of Wabash Cannonball, the official K-State Sports Reddit, or subreddit. I don't know how to Reddit, but it's our friend Big House Greg 1027, Gregory Hauser. So he's (laughs) repping the Boneheads. Uh, You know, as we've been doing it all year, I'm going to say the game. I'll say what the Boneheads are picking. Grant, you'll go, and then I will go. Hopefully, we don't pick all the exact I, same games. You know what? This is. I think this week is going to give you a chance to get some games back. I hope so. There's or a lot of, I might dig the hole even deeper. There's a lot of toss-ups here that I kind of just threw some shit out there. All right. And I also took the liberty of naming uh, a lot of the Big 12 matches. So, the first one is the Bible or Battle for the Bibles or the Bible Battle. TCU at Baylor. Greg is going with Baylor. Pains me to say it, but I'm going with Baylor too. They got a lot of momentum going right now. I just think they're they're just better. It's a sweep. I think TCU's packing it in. The uh, the Second Amendment Bowl. This is West Virginia, the Mountaineers, <laughs> and the Cowboys. Uh, the number nine West Virginia Mountaineers. You know they're trying to make it to Arlington. Uh, Gregory is going with West Virginia. Do you have an upset brewing in be- down in uh, Stillwater? Hell no. I got West Virginia. They got too much to play for. Um, and pff, what's up with Gundy, man? 51-year-old man. Gundy is a snowflake if I've Weirdo seen with one. a mullet making $4.3 million a year. I don't think he's in a position to preach to anyone about, you know, yeah. liberalism and tra- being weak for transferring. I mean, yeah, maybe they don't want to play for you because you have a mullet and you're an ugly the, weirdo. the guy who has parlayed every job opening in the last 15 years into more money. Exactly. Yeah, I agree with you. Gundy can eat a bag of dicks. All right, uh, number three, the Big Eight beatdown. KU going to Oklahoma, sweep for Oklahoma, right? Boomer Sooner? Sweep. All right, the Conspiracy Theory Clash. Number 22, Iowa State is going to number 19, Texas. Longhorn Network, 7 p.m. Uh, don't Please don't post unflattering pictures of me on Twitter anymore. I didn't even take that. Um, so the Conspiracy <laughs> Theory Clash, uh, you know, Greg is hooking the horns. Who are you going with? Hook'em. Yeah, I'm going with Hook'em. Shout out to Tom Herman, who's apparently cheating on his wife in Asian massage parlors. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, Uh, that's been a lot of fun. I'm sure Tom Herman's a stand-up guy. All I know is, uh, you know, everything happening on Twitter surrounding Zach Smith and Tom Herman, it's uh, it's It's an absolute just... 
disgrace it's to the humanity. Wild, it's, it's the it's, Wild it's, West. It's, it's wild, but it's just it's just stupid. Uh, but we'll keep moving on. We're going to the non-Big 12 games now. I did not take time to name all of these. Number 17, Boston College going to Florida State. Greg is taking the Golden Eagles. I am also. Oh. This we'll, was like one of my toss-up we'll games. We'll get there. Uh, I, I'm now. I, I'm going to take Boston College. Florida State. Florida State's so bad. They're so bad. Willie Taggart might get fired after one year. They're really bad. It's, uh, it's unfortunate. Um, the next one, Ole Miss going to Vanderbilt. This is on SEC Network, 630. You skipped a game. Oh, I, I'll come back to that. We'll do Ole Miss, Vanderbilt. Uh, Greg's taking Vanderbilt. What? Is that a – man, I didn't look into this. I'm taking Ole Miss. I hope they – Pound the shit I'm, I'm out taking, of Andy. I'm taking Ole Miss, too. Now back up to the game. I tried to skip Pac-12 Network, 6.30 p.m. This is the big game. Cal versus Stanford, <laughs> or as I like to call it, the Nerd Bowl. Uh, Greg's taking Stanford. I took Stanford as well. I wanted to do some research on Cal, but I was just like, oh, whatever. I'll pick Stanford. Now, at this point, things are going far too, uh, far too chalky. I'm going Cal, so I'm switching from All Stanford right. to Cal. Um, Northwestern at Minnesota. That's the Big Ten West champion, Northwestern Wildcats, going to Minnesota. 11 a.m., Big Ten Network. Greg is going Northwestern. Purple power. I, too, am going Northwestern. Uh, North Texas. This is uh, Thursday night, CBS Sports Network, hosting Lane Kiffin and the Owls. Greg is riding with Seth Luttrell. I'm riding with Seth, too. I How can I not? I love him. So am I. I'm not going to go against that. And this sucks. We've had one I know. I didn't think this would This happen. is bad. Um, ESPN College Game Day, Game of the Week, Central Florida versus Cincinnati, 7 p.m. ABC, the Golden Knights versus the Bearcats. Greg has Central Florida. Central Florida. Uh, yep. I'm taking <laughs> Central Florida, too. And then, finally, K-State versus Texas Tech. 2.30, ESPNU, trying to hide the game away for no one to see. Greg's feeling <laughs> chesty. He takes the cats. Greg, you fool. You young fool. Red Raiders, man. Yeah, so I'm taking Texas Tech as well. So that means the only game that we have different is a game that I originally wanted to pick Stanford, so I'm going with Cal. <laughs> We're both just uh, real smart, I guess. Um, yeah, so, so it is what it is. Those are the game picks. After that, we'll have – one more regular season, we might do uh, conference championships and something else. Uh, just kind of depends on if I can gain back enough games. I'll end it if I tie or take the lead. So, so. bad. We've only, I've only put K State four times this year, which says a lot. I well, and I've you, only you only did five four. because no, you flipped. No, because you picked oh, us yeah, for Mississippi right. State. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. What a stupid decision. I, so I've only picked us four times too. Woof. That's all I have to say. Uh, you know, speaking of kind of woof, uh, women's basketball team, they did beat Omaha. It was looking ugly in the first half. Uh, this is the Wildcat roundup. Uh, the Lady Cats, they beat Omaha 61-46, and they held Omaha to only 16 points in the second half. So there's something about K-State basketball this season, men's and women's, and it's playing great, tenacious defense. Yes, they've got two home games over the weekend, a 7 p.m. Friday tip-off versus North Texas, and 1 p.m. Sunday versus UMKC. Volleyball continued on their very disappointing season, getting swept not only by Texas, but by Baylor as well. Uh, they're in Lawrence. If you're listening to this on Wednesday tonight, 6.30 Wednesday, you can watch on ESPN+. Plus. You can listen on K-Man or hell. 
so many of our listeners are in Kansas City. If you really want to, you can drive out to Lawrence and see him play. Senior night is a late one, 8 p.m. versus Texas Tech in a Hearn Fieldhouse. You can watch on ESPN3 or listen on K-Man. Then the final game of the season will be Wednesday the 21st. Shout out to Big Al 034. That's your birthday. We're going to party like it's your birthday versus TCU. All right, let's get into the real bread and butter of it all. Men's basketball. This is a basketball program. This is a basketball school. I mean, let's just be honest. This is a basketball school. It is what it is. It's where all the history is. I don't even – Eleventh in the nation. I don't even remember the last time that we were good at football, honestly. Okay, so men's basketball, they beat Denver last night, 64-56, to move up to 2-0 on the year. And, boy, was it It a fun night on Twitter. It was a (laughs) slugfest, honestly. For a while, it was pretty ugly. Barry – the delivery man, the Bear Trap Brown, led all scorers with 25 points. Sneed came back to the starting lineup with 12 points, and Dean had 12 points as well and a massive 16 rebounds, which is... That's the m- most since J.O. had 17 versus Baylor back in the day. It's the most he's ever had. He had 15. Oh, yeah. He broke his own record. Um, McCall Wayne- Maywean was 2 for 2 from the field, but plagued out by foul trouble. Only played about 16 minutes. Which we, we have to have better from Mac. Yes, we do. Absolutely. Cam Stokes rounded out the starting five, playing 29 minutes, and had six points, three assists, four rebounds, and three steals. The team shot 23 from 60 from the field, 6 from 27 from three-point, and 12 from 27 <laughs> from free throw. Uh, folk, I mean, th- this created a lot of banter, a lot of fodder. I mean, I, I took a nap uh, because everyone knows how how early I go to bed. I had to take a nap just to be up for this game. And, man, I kind of just wish I would have fallen asleep. Like, it, it just was not a good shooting performance at all. No, and, you know, we've seen it before. Multiple times we last have. year we in have. the past. It's, it's, a, it's a pattern of this team. I wouldn't say that it's an identity of this team. But, you know, looking at the guards, when you exclude Barry, the guard shot two from 18 from the field. Barry's the guy. You know, I just want to say Barry's my guy. And after it's all said and done after this year, he might be my favorite basketball player of all time. That's just what I'm saying. Um, you are a big Cam defender. Cam's getting I, a lot of heat. I, I am I'm, I'm a massive defender. Um, and Cardi and Mike, though, you know they're not playing as well yeah, either. And yeah, it's so, just so so so. This is just what it's going to be because I get a lot of crap on Twitter. I get it on the message boards over at KSO. Um, I, I am I am I am a defender of Cam. I liked to point out, uh, and and I was I was someone who, you know, I said. I'm not. I'm on boner watch. I don't have a boner over Mike McGurl or Sean Neal Williams. I think everyone tried to anoint both of them far too quickly. And I'm not sitting here and saying Cam Stokes, uh, especially this year, has not done anything uh, to warrant a parade or anything. But if you look at everyone else, I guess in my head, I want to wonder. I, I do wonder why is it that he is getting so much hate yet? No one has stepped up in the first two games and played better than them. They've they've all sucked. But until Mike Cardi, Sean Neal Williams can step up and truly prove that they're going to be better than Cam, I don't know what folks want Bruce. I, I don't know what they want him to do. Yeah, I mean, when you think about it, looking at this team, there's so much like reactionary um, opinions. On players, I mean, you talk about Mike getting way these these ridiculously high expectations for him. I would say the exact same thing about 
um, let's say X, people saying that X is, oh, he's by far our best NBA prospect. But well, that's, I, that's probably based literally off the Kentucky game. Well, and here's the thing, and and I agree with you. I think there is a lot and it, of— It's ri- like across the board, honestly. Yeah, and I, I, th- <laughs> I, I agree with you. I, I think X is a little bit different in that situation because I think he has two years of established— play where you've seen him at times at times be a great three-point shooter uh when he he's a great defender and he can get to the rim so I, i i think while not completely off base i wouldn't put those in the same category because i do think that when you look at a prototypical nba player nowadays it's a guy who can shoot the ball and is uber athletic i mean barry brown he's not shooting even at his best he's maybe a 38 percent shooter not uber athletic dean wade not uber athletic x can shoot he can play d and he has that athleticism so i don't think that that's completely off base but back to the guards let's Let's try to dissect it again. And again, we have one exhibition game and two regular season games, but we're a sports po- podcast. What are you going to do about it? Let's try to dissect it. What What do you truly think? And let's exclude Barry from this. And then for the sake of these arguments, let's just consider Xavier Sneed a small forward because it makes it easier to just kind of keep him off on his own. For okay. the rest of the guards, what do you – from your you know novice eye, none of us are coaches. What is wrong? I'm going to exclude Sean Neal Williams as well. We'll just talk. I'm just going to talk about Cam Cardi and Mike. Um, well, Sean Neal Williams can't even do right. good enough in practice to He's get just on the court. He's not there yet. So I I think everyone literally needs to just stay, take a step back and basically say, Sean Neal Williams, we're going to treat you truly like a freshman. I think the 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 ceiling is the roof, as Michael Jordan said it. You know, I think he has a high ceiling, um, but he, I don't. I really don't see him getting that much playing time. So we'll we'll, well exclude him from. I mean, that. yeah, people were up in arms about Sean Neal Williams not playing last night, but that was not the game to be tossing in an, an experienced freshman that's not practicing well. I mean, it was way too close, and we were absolutely playing with fire last night. So we'll start with Cam. My my gripe with Cam, my main gripe with Cam, is he just looks careless out there sometimes. He's a senior, and he turns the ball over way too much. Um, and I, with his I, experience, I, I just think that aspect of his game needs to be better. I'm not worried about him missing shots. I think he's improved his defense massively. He's been getting in the passing lanes really well. He's looking more physical. He still isn't able to really finish at the rim, which is frustrating. I think he's getting to the rim a little bit better, but he's not finishing. But it's just the the careless turnovers. That's what bothers me most about Cam. See, and I don't know if there's something up with who's keeping the official stats at K-State games or what it's going on because while I understand your call out about the turnovers, he was only credited with one or two turnovers last night, uh, which is uh, – I thought he maybe had more, so I guess I would maybe have to go back and rewatch it. But I, I, he's only getting credited for a couple of them. So I agree with you, but I'm going to take it a step further. And while I've defended Cam's shooting, especially his outside shooting, I think I am a prisoner of a couple games. Because if you actually look at his career three-point shooting percentage, he's never had a year where he's been above 34%. So it's not like he is this. goes off. Yeah, he just has games where if he's feeling it, he could you know go for like eight for 12 from three-point. So – so I that that's my call outs on Cam. I'll let you continue on. What what about Cardi? What have you Cardi, seen in these first two? It's funny, like people were really griping about Cardi turning the ball over last year, so you can put that in his category too. His carelessness. That's what people really bothered. That's just something I'm thinking of. But 
What happened to his aggressiveness? That's what's bothering me about Cardi. He's the brewmaster for a reason. Attack he, the rim. Yes, last year he was like a major, major breath of fresh air for his ability to slash to the rim and finish tough shots, and now it's just not so much. He looks very passive to me. Um, it's just... I, and I, I'm not too concerned. He just looks far more passive this year. I, I think he's so settling far. for too many jump shots. When that, I mean, he, he showed in a couple games that he can knock down mid-range. He can hit a three every now and then. But instead of, you know, attacking the rim like he did all last year, I feel like he was, you know, just settling for the mid-range jumper instead of taking it off the bounce and attacking the rim. And finally, Mr. Mike McGurl. He's a big mystery box, honestly. Um He's not not been good, not been terrible, but things we liked about Mike McGraw last year, aside from the obvious heroics of the NCAA tournament, would be like, you know, he never turned the ball over. He was very sound fundamentally. He was always in the right spot. He had good ball movement offensively, and he was a great physical in-your-face defender. And, you know, I'd say probably half of that has rolled over. He's still defending well. He's moving the ball, but he just looks kind of uncomfortable out there. He's... I don't know how to put it. He 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 looks uncomfortable. He just looks yeah. off. And and that's what why everyone was so attracted to Mike McGurl. It was his swagger. It was his confidence. He's not playing with that swagger. He's not playing with that confidence. I don't know where it went. Um because last year he played in only a handful of games, but every time he stepped on the court, in his demeanor, he thought he was the best guy on the court, which I kind of like that in a guard. I like that attitude. He has not had anywhere, not in the exhibition game, not in these first two. Again, we're being reactionary. We're fans. We're a sports podcast. We have some time to fill. So uh, He just looks a little bit unsure of himself so far. Yeah. And, you know – my conclusion is that all these guys are probably going to grow into the season just fine. Everyone looks rusty. I'm not it's, worried. It, everyone looks rusty, and I know we've been battling injuries. Guys haven't practiced as much. That can be a contributing factor, but it's just we're not that bad of a shooting team, and it's just that's a trait that we have occasionally, and we showed it last year, and I think we'll be fine. Yeah, we're, we're not a great shooting team, but here's the thing. If you even go 30% from, for, from your guards – all of a sudden, that game turns into a 15-point. They were Those three guards were 11%. Even if you go... What did 16, we win by? Nine? Eight, eight? Eight. If we hit literally five more free throws, it looks I was just so much about, better. I was just about to say, if you go from 40% to 60%, you're covering. I mean, our free throws time, so. were horrendous. That- and, and let's talk about this. I didn't have it on there. Austin Trice, he gets to the line so much, and that's just how he plays. In the grand scheme of things... He goes two for eight. If uh, even if you go that is fifty percent, that's only two more points. So I agree, it sucks. But if you really think about, it, if you really put the pen to paper, there might be a game or two that that costs us. But in the grand scheme of things, are fans going to overblow his failure at the line? I don't know. It's gonna kill me this year when I'm watching it live. It's gonna drive me nuts. But I don't know. You're right, and it it it's it probably costs you two to three points a game from the line like just from him but and those that can cost you in the conference in those close games but we'll we will improve from the line as a team and I'm sure that I'm sure that they're that Bruce being as neurotic as he is and as particular as he is is going to pound that into him he's going to spend a lot of time at the line in practice one thing from his post-game press conference I want to touch on before we wrap things up he actually talked about how he's been letting the players play. 
and not calling plays and just letting them do their thing. Um, and he said, if you know, I, I want to give them that freedom, but I want to win games. Granted, no one's going to be able to watch the tournament down the Virgin Islands, but do you think that it's time for him to grab a hold of the reins and maybe, you know, break the stallion a little bit and start, you know, being a little bit more hands-on? <laughs> yeah, I would like that. I would prefer to have more structure, definitely from the head coach. I mean, that's what bothers me so much about, and I love Bruce Weber, that's what bothers me so much about Bruce Weber teams is just offensively they can be so stagnant, and they're supposed to be running a motion offense, and they are so stationary sometimes, I cannot believe it. And what another thing that really does bother me is that we seemingly – have not learned how to attack a 2-3 zone or a 3-2 zone or whatever the hell it is. Um, it's That plagued us last year when teams went into the zone and we just got cold, KU particularly. You know, you can think of another game where we did absolutely expose the zone last year was at Baylor on the road where we just tore them to shreds when they went into the zone. But, you know, it's all shooting. It's all confidence. As long as we can get guys flashing in the middle and we actually hit them and not just swinging around the perimeter like we'd like to do. We look so, like, so scared to throw it to the middle. It's, we have guys wide open flashing, and that is f- that is basic number one. Even I know that, and I'm not. I don't know shit about basketball, if I'm being honest. But I don't know. I think we'll be okay. I'm not hitting the panic button until we take our until we lose the first game in the tournament, and then I'll be pissed. <laughs> well, we'll have to wait for that. Speaking of the tournament, um, take all this for what it's worth. No one's gonna be able to watch it. I'm gonna try to listen. I'm gonna. Try to be old school, listen on the radio. But the first game of this Virgin Island Paradise Jam tournament is 6.30 p.m. Friday. You can only watch it on flowhoops.com, and it's going to cost you 30 bucks. I'm buying so, that for sure. I'll buy it. Uh, well, <laughs> I'll probably buy it. I was going to say, like, there's no way to watch it at all. That is so stupid. Send me your login. I will. I'll, I'll I be will. In, I'll be in Topeka, so we'll see if we can uh, cheat the system. Uh, and it can be listened to anywhere on uh, the K-State Radio Network. And the radio broadcast is live on K-State's website. So even if you don't have a uh, you know good old FM dial in your apartment or house, you can listen to it online. If K-State wins, they will be playing at 6.30 p.m. on Sunday versus the winner of Penn in Northern Iowa. If they lose, they'll be playing at 6 p.m. on Saturday versus the loser of that game. But we're probably going to win, so let's just, you know, positive vibes. Championship game will be Monday at 6.30 p.m. Third place game, 4.30. Fourth place game, 2 o'clock. Seventh place at noon. Um, that's what I know about the basketball tournament. What a absolutely rubbish it's tournament. It's trash. It's trash. <laughs> um before we sign off, uh, I didn't get to talk about last time. I want to plug it again. Uh, be sure to look at the description of this episode for the GoFundMe account to help out with Ian Campbell and his honestly beautiful baby boy, Cade. Uh, I, I think it sounds like he should be getting out of the hospital soon. But anyone who can, I hope can. Uh, I, I would like you guys to think about supporting financially or sharing the information. Uh, Ian is literally one of the best humans I've ever met. Anything our bonehead community can do to help him out is much appreciated. Yes, do it, guys. Also, if you were interested or if you were going to order a Bosco's Boys sweatshirt that we tweeted out, um, like the little throwback 80 sweatshirt, I would recommend. I got mine today. I'd recommend ordering it a size up. It fits a little bit small, 
I haven't washed it yet. It'll probably get even smaller. So I would say order it a size up. Also, Reggie Walker, if you're listening, you're in the doghouse, buddy. You know why. Get your friends their damn swag. All right, everyone, put Reggie Walker in the doghouse. What's yes. his Twitter it's handle? Time to, it's time to bring back the damn so, doghouse. All right, we're going to give you guys his Twitter handle. Uh, I want everyone who listens to send – let's send him a gift. What – category of gift do we want to send Reggie Adam Walker so it's just R Walker coaching R Walker coaching R Walker coaching oh, everyone man. is going to send him a gift a random gift what should we do oh god should we I'm going to pause it real quick we're going to think about this all right guys we figured it out so what you're going to do is you're going to tweet R Walker coaching a turkey gif so don't write any words. If you write any words, you're disqualified. Just send him a GIF. Uh, just type turkey in the GIF whatever section of Twitter, and then just send him whatever the hell thing that you find in there. Yeah, anyone who does that, again, we had a little bit of technical difficulty, so I'm not sure if we said it on this. Anyone who sends Reggie Walker, our Walker coaching, a GIF of a turkey of any kind, it can be animated, it could be dinner turkey it can be anything anything turkey not the country the animal and or food uh i will i'm i will be monitoring all of his mentions and one lucky bonehead will get two tickets to the sprint center game to see k-state take on vanderbilt uh right before christmas so remember put reggie walker in the doghouse and tweet him turkey gifts I better see a lot of damn turkeys out there, folks. Love you guys so much. Meet me at the Cathead.
Network.